So we're continuing on in this series of prayers for life, and we've gone through the blessings. What does it mean to ask for blessings, to receive, to give blessings? Last week we looked at letting go, letting go and being able to live well. And this week we're moving into this revitalizing courage like how do we have the courage and we've talked about courage before in 2019 i looked at some different aspects of courage but courage it seems so hard and yet it it is so prominent it is such a center of how we begin to go forward how we begin to be able to navigate life and so today we are looking at what does it mean to revitalize our courage to bolster to get us to raise up to give us some hope to be able to build us up so that we can face everything because we've got plenty of challenges right how are we getting through those challenges how do we have the courage how do we build up the courage so we're going to look at this prayer today in hopes of answering that. In this prayer, it's actually two prayers that are attributed to Hannah. And Hannah is the mother, she will become the mother of Samuel, who will become a great high priest. He will become a great judge. He will become a great prophet. He will anoint kings. And yet... The story of Hannah is fraught. She, she wants to have a child so desperately, and she can't. And what we have to know is often, especially in the Hebrew Scriptures, when we see that, when we get this, like a woman is having a hard time bearing a child, that it's actually a literary device used to say, hey, pay attention. There is something special about this child. There is something special about this moment. Take note. But if we step back, we have to know that for women of the ancient world, this is really difficult. It's difficult today, but it was difficult then because having a male child, specifically a male child, would guarantee the woman's safety and security going forward. And so if the woman did not have a child, and especially not a male child, it was like life and death. Her life was in flux once her husband died. And so there is some real challenges that Hannah is facing. Not only does she feel this sense of wanting to be a mother, that she is in pain around that, but then there is all the cultural stigma. There are people who are mistreating her who are like, you right? Saying stuff under their breath, maybe giving the side eye, not everything's okay. And so she's dealing with quite a lot here. She's dealing with several challenges. She's also feeling attacked in her self-worth. She is feeling like it, the, it, she just can't get things to go right. How many times have we felt those challenges, those pressures, those side eyes, those judgments from others, and we're like, what? How do, we, how do I get through this? How do I have the courage to keep going, to keep going forward, whether or not things work out in my favor or like I think they should or not? So let us begin with the first prayer by Hannah. 
1 Samuel 1, verses 10 and then 12 through 17. Hannah was very upset and couldn't stop crying as she prayed to the Lord. As she kept praying before the Lord, Eli watched her mouth. Now Hannah was praying in her heart. Her lips were moving, but her voice was silent. So Eli thought she was drunk. How long will you act a drunk sober up? Eli told her. No, sir. Hannah replied, I'm just a very sad woman. I haven't had any wine or beer, but have been pouring out my heart to the Lord. Don't think your servant is some good-for-nothing woman. This whole time I've been praying out of my great worry and trouble. Eli responded, then go in peace. And may the God of Israel give you what you've asked from him. What we have to know about Eli is, Eli is the current high priest. Eli has a lot of power. Eli is seen as a leader. And here Hannah is. She is distraught. She feels like things are just falling apart for her, that she's being attacked on all sides. Some people have said some pretty awful things to this point. And here Eli comes and is so judgmental, sober up instead of listening to her. But that doesn't stop Hannah. Hannah doesn't shirk. She doesn't just cower. She doesn't just go away. In fact, Hannah shows something here about courage. Hannah replies, oh, wait a minute. Here's who I am. I'm just a very sad woman. I am in need of God. I'm talking to God. I am pouring it out. And so we have a sense here that revitalizing our courage, that kind of begins to happen when we are very real. When we are willing to speak of our struggles, and it doesn't matter if others judge us because we are connected to God. Because we are connected to God. Hannah's like, oh, no, you take that judgment back. That's not who I am. That's not me. I am connected to God. So listen up. And so that courage, that courage there of practicing, of saying, hold up, wait a minute. I know that this seems like a really bad situation, but I am still connected you don't get to define me. You don't get to say who I am because I am connected to God. And so our own courage of going, whew, man, when somebody's trying to guilt us, somebody's trying to shame us, somebody's being overly judgmental, someone is trying to pass the judgment, and we didn't do it. We aren't that. We're like, oh, that's not who I am. How do we go, hold up, wait a minute, you got it wrong. I am connected to God. My self-worth is connected to God. My identity is connected to God. And so that practice, that practice right there that she is showing us. Continuing on in verses 20 and then 24 through 28. So in the course of time, Hannah conceived and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, which means I asked the Lord for him. 
When he had been weaned and was still very young, Hannah took him along with a three-year-old bull, an ephtha of flour and a jar of wine, and brought him to the Lord's house at Shiloh. They slaughtered the bull, then brought the boy to Eli. Excuse me, sir, Hannah said. As surely as you live, sir, I am the woman who stood here next to you praying to the Lord. I prayed for this boy, and the Lord gave me what I asked from him. So now I give this boy back to the Lord. As long as he lives, he is given to the Lord. Then they worship there before the Lord. So to our modern ears, there's probably like, wait a minute. Wow, she, she was so very upset. She so desperately wanted a child, and now she's giving the child away. It's kind of like if we were to do the whole thing with a, a baptism, right? We baptize the child, and then we're like, oh, and now I'm taking the child away. And you're like, wait a minute, that love right there, what, what's kind of happening here? And there's a few ways for us to understand it. One is that... Hannah, in her action, is recognizing that everything belongs to God, that it's very symbolic, that our entire lives belong to God, that everything good comes from God. This child that she so desperately wanted came from God. God brought good out of the situation. God is constantly bringing, and we've talked about that before, how God is constantly bringing good out of whatever situation. It's not always what we wanted. It's not always how we imagined, but God is bringing something good. But there's also this sense here, this sense of how Samuel, Samuel's life is dedicated to God, that, that Samuel is given to God this sense of letting go and giving a blessing with it. And like I said earlier, right, we spent the last two Sundays talking blessing and letting go, and it almost, it, it kind of culminates right here with Hannah has to be able to let go, right? She cannot hold on to her child. She cannot lock her child away. She has to, at some point, let go and give a blessing of go with God. And so that since then, that we begin to build courage when we are able to let go and bless, especially with things that mean something to us. That we are giving space, giving freedom. She is giving space and freedom for Samuel to live a life. That this courage is that she can't control Samuel. This courage is that she has got to let go and give to God. And so in our own lives of thinking through those moments, maybe where we have to let certain things go and say, go with God. Give that blessing, letting go and going with God. And that it takes an act of courage. Because so often when we try to control everything, when we're trying to grasp, when we are white-knuckled trying to hold on, it's going to take courage to open up our hands and to let go and say, go with God. Revitalizing courage is about being able to let go and bless. Continuing on in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. Then Hannah prayed, My heart rejoices in the Lord. My strength rises up in the Lord. 
My mouth rocks, mocks my enemies because I rejoice in your deliverance. My, no one is holy like the Lord. No one except you. There is no rock like our God. Don't go on and on talking so proudly, sprouting arrogance from your mouth because the Lord is the God who knows and he weighs every act. So we have the second prayer here. Hannah launches into the second prayer and it's, it seems that this prayer may actually be older than the story that is written. Now, maybe it, it was attributed in verbally to Hannah, but this prayer actually gives life to the verses around it. And this prayer, it's kind of interesting, right? Because Hannah, we've just seen her say, I, I let go of Samuel, blessings go with God. We see that act of courage. But here, right, she starts talking, my heart rejoices in the Lord because my strength rises up in the Lord. It's his sense of where that joy is coming from, that she is strengthened by God. But then she says something interesting. Don't go on and on talking so proudly, sprouting arrogance from your mouth because the Lord is the God who knows and he weighs every act. Hannah wasn't too proud to ask for help. Hannah needed help. Hannah went searching for help. And so when we think about that, of how all of us, all of us need help somehow in our lives, that we are not going this road alone, that we like to think that, you know what, I can pull myself up by the bootstraps, but that generally doesn't work out very well. And so here, Hannah is giving us a sense with those words. Don't go on and on talking so proudly, spouting arrogance from your mouth because the Lord is the God who knows and he weighs every act. That listen, if you think you've got it all together, hold up. It takes courage to go, you know what? I need some help. I need some help from God. And to ask to pray, to speak, to connect, to go, okay, how am I going to do this? And it doesn't mean we're going to get a, an answer immediately, but to begin to open ourselves up, that practicing, that asking for help. Hey, God, I need, I need some guidance here. I don't know which way to go. Help me, oh God. And not being too proud to ask. Continuing on in 1 Samuel 2, verses 4 through 7. The bows of mighty, air, mighty warriors are shattered, but those who are stumbling now dress themselves in power. Those who are filled full now sell themselves for bread. But the ones who were starving are now fat from food. The woman who was barren has birthed seven children, but the mother with many sons has lost them all. The Lord, he brings death, gives life, takes down to the grave and raises up. The Lord, he makes poor, gives wealth, brings low, but also lifts up high. Here in the prayer, we're, we're giving voice. We're getting this voice of how everything doesn't always go right. We're giving voice to the fact 
that if we think we have it all together, we begin to stumble, we begin to have trouble, that this sense that carries forth of the arrogance from the last can carry forth into this, of things that we think the way that we should be. It's giving voice to the fact that we will run after things, that we will run after things that are unhealthy, that are meant to make us comfortable when we are trying to escape the pain of this world, when we are trying to escape the challenges, when life isn't working out like we want it, we will begin to turn towards things that are not good. And yet, God is encompassing our entire life. God is encompassing. God is with us. Even when the decisions that we're making are destructive, even when they are unhealthy, even when we are running from something, God is there with us. God is there with us in the very difficult, the yucky, the challenging, the bad decision-making, and God is there with us when we're trying something different, when we're like, okay, how do I do this? All right, God, I'm listening. I need some help. What do I need to do? How do I love in this situation? How, how can I be this creature, this creature of love and peace, of joy? God is there in all of that. God is encompassing all of it. And we, we get that sense when she says, when the prayer says, he brings death, gives life, takes down to the grave, and raises up. The Lord he makes poor, gives wealth, brings low, but also lifts up high. Now part of us may go, wait a minute, merciful God, what's, what's up with grace? God brings death in life. What the prayer is trying to do is saying every moment of our lives, every situation that we find ourselves in, God is encompassing all of that. God is going with us in all of it. God has not left us because we made a bad decision. God has not left us because we tried to comfort ourselves in unhealthy ways. God has not left us when we are running from the pain of this world. God has not left us when things are not working out the way we wanted it, and we sometimes make it worse. God has not left us. Left us. God is with us and bringing us into new realities, bringing us into new understandings. It's this great reversal, this great reversal of going, when we don't have it all together, God is with us. Often we see this great reversal happening with the parables. Jesus uses it as a teaching tool because every time we think, no, 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 I got it all together. I've got it. I've got it. We don't. And Jesus is like, ooh, need to think about that. Not condemning, but we need to think about that. Ooh, I've got it. I know best. Ooh. God's like, hold up, wait, question, I'm with you, I'm with you. Is this the best? Is there really love? Is there really peace in this? Is there really joy? Are you experiencing something good and wonderful of my love or not? And so this prayer is giving us a sense that our entire life, no matter where we are on that reversal, God is with us. God is showing us. God is bringing us 
to new understandings. Thinking about courage, revitalizing courage is when we open ourselves to the possibilities that whatever our circumstances, God has not left us and is still bringing good out of the situation. Revitalizing courage happens when we are vulnerable enough to say we don't have it all figured out. What do I need to try that is new? Who might be able to help? Finishing up in 1 Samuel 2, verses 8 through 10. God raises the poor from the dust, lifts up the needy from the garbage pile. God sits them with officials, gives them the seat of honor. The pillars of the earth belong to the Lord. He set the world on top of them. God guards the feet of his faithful ones, but the wicked die in darkness because no one succeeds by strength alone. The far corners of the earth, may God give strength to his king, raise high the strength of his anointed one. Raising up, giving courage, strengthening us, saying it's okay that we don't have it all together that God is going with us, that God is going, we can keep going, let's go forward just a little more, that we have someone, we have God with us. And that, that's really something rather important, especially coming out of COVID, right? Because in COVID, we realized isolation was not good. Isolation wasn't good on numerous fronts. We also realize that we may be putting too many expectations on certain people, or maybe we felt like too many expectations were placed upon ourselves during COVID, especially the one who had to become the cleaner, the caretaker, the teacher, the mental support, caretaker for children and older ones had to keep it all together, and still had to work the full-time job. COVID showed us, right? Isolation, we can't do it alone. And the more we try, the more our culture tries to say, oh yeah, you can do it all. Don't worry about it. You're supposed to do it all. Everybody do it. Let me just point over. They've got it all together. What's your problem? The more our culture says that, the more we're in need of this prayer of saying we don't have it all together. God guards the feet of his faithful ones, but the wicked die in darkness because no one succeeds by strength alone. No one succeeds by strength alone. I can do it, I need no one, is a very isolating thing. It's a very isolating and destructive thing. Dies in darkness, think a destructive, it hurts us. It pains us. And here we're getting this sense, no, no, no. Whether or not we are faithful, whether or not we have it all figured out, what, no matter what our needs, right? Because God raises the poor from the dust, lifts up the needy from the garbage pile. So whether or not you're kind of going, okay, I think I'm on a faithful path. I'm trying to follow God. Or we're like, nope, I'm in the garbage pile right now. I, whew, I can't figure out which way's up. God is with us. God is saying, I'm with you. I'm with each and every one of you. 
that this prayer, this prayer is meant to give us courage. It's meant to say, hey, you know what? We don't have it all together. We can't remain in isolation. We can't remain in this state of, I'll just pull myself up by the bootstraps because it's not going to work. We need one another. We need God. Revitalizing courage happens when we are able to see beyond the pain, the loss, the challenges, the judgments, the expectations to a God who keeps offering us compassion. Revitalizing courage means we are cutting through the noise of this life. We are cutting through those messages of you can do it all yourself, you've got to hold it all together, you can look perfect. Don't worry about it, it'll be fine. Those messages of isolation, those messages of despair, those messages that cause us pain, those messages that we sense with those judgments that are harmful, those expectations that will never be realized because they're inappropriate expectations. Good expectations, but there are inappropriate expectations. And when we can begin to cut through that and go, wait a minute, we have a God of compassion. God is compassionate upon me. How might I use that to raise up, to bolster, to have the courage in going forward? Revitalizing courage. There's all these little practices. There's all these, like, okay, I need to refocus. All right, where's God leading? All right, God hasn't left me. Somebody else may have, but God hasn't. Where's the compassion? God is challenging me. How do I respond? That sense, that revitalizing courage requires us to be vulnerable. Requires us to be vulnerable and say, I don't have it all together. Here I am, God. Show me. Show me a new way. Give me new understanding. How will we allow this prayer today to be part of our practices for revitalizing courage? How will we allow this prayer to carry us, whether we find ourselves, I feel like I'm more in the garbage pile than I am in the faithful pile. How will we allow this prayer to challenge and bring comfort of God's compassion to our lives this day. Amen.